One person who makes a donation to a nonprofit organization has made an impact to the organization, to the cause. And they've made a choice to engage and actually do something. Now, imagine that you gathered with a group of friends, relatives, colleagues, and considered yourself kind of a collective, one that could pool its resources and give a greater amount of money to an organization to have even greater impact. Continue to imagine with me, will you? Imagine that each of you brought different ideas, expertise, and life experience to this collective business of philanthropy. In so doing, the, the bond between and among you would grow and strengthen. You'd be emotionally connected to each other, to the organization. You'd learn from each other. And of course, you'd feel this amazing collective sense of pride in the contribution and the impact you were having together. This is what a giving circle is all about. And I'm going to be really honest with you, until my conversation with today's guest, I had no idea that this was a movement and that giving circles fuel the world of philanthropy in such a big way. Like big, to the tune of $1.3 billion in the last 20 years. 150,000 people have participated in these giving circles that have fueled the nonprofit sector with over a billion dollars. How do you like them apples? My goal today is to better understand the role of giving circles in philanthropy, or to help you better understand. To learn about the work that's being done to transform the work of individual giving circles into a movement, and really to dig into how giving circles can transform not just the organizations they support, but the philanthropic sector itself. Greetings, and welcome to my podcast, Nonprofits Are Messy. I'm your host, Joan Gary. In my work, I offer counsel and advice to CEOs and boards of larger nonprofits. I'm a keynote speaker, an author of a best-selling book with a very novel name, Joan Gary's Guide to Nonprofit Leadership, and I'm a columnist for the Chronicle of Philanthropy. I'm also the co-founder of the Nonprofit Leadership Lab, an online membership site where we help small nonprofits thrive. But most of all, I consider myself a compassionate truth teller and a champion for board and staff leaders. In my podcast, I dig deep into the issues faced by nonprofit leaders. You can always count on getting my personal point of view, and you can count on experts who will share their expertise in fields ranging from fundraising to leadership transitions, to team building, to board management, to organizational strategy, to self-care. The list goes on. So welcome to Nonprofits Are Messy. Let's get started. Sarah Lomaline is a connector of people and ideas, a relationship builder, and a firm believer that everyone can be a philanthropist. As the founding executive director of Philanthropy Together, the first organization dedicated to strengthening and scaling the collective giving movement nationally, she is working to diversify and democratize philanthropy by creating the infrastructure and information sharing needed for the giving circle model to flourish in all communities. Prior to this gig, Sarah served as the Senior Director of Leadership Philanthropy at Opportunity Fund, the largest nonprofit lender in the United States. Previously, at the Latino Community Foundation, Sarah served as Vice President of Philanthropy for seven years and brought her high-energy approach to creating Latino Giving Circle Network, which she helped grow to become the largest network of Latino philanthropists in the U.S. that support Latino-led organizations. She has been featured in Forbes, Amplifier, and also has participated in panels hosted by the Community Foundation of Greater Greensboro, Hispanics and Philanthropy, and more. She graduated from honors from Universidad 
Iberoamericana in Mexico City and received her administration and management certificate from Harvard University, where she also earned the prestigious Katie Y.F. Yang Prize. Okay, that's a really impressive resume. I can tell you she's equally impressive when she starts to talk. Sarah, thank you for being with us today and sharing your insights. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. I am super excited to be here with you. So um, I think all my listeners have a lot to learn. Me too. So let's first talk about the giving circle model. Um, I got a couple of questions here. How does it work? What typically leads to starting one? Um, You mentioned when we first met that it's typically a group of like-minded folks. What does that mean? So why don't you do Giving Circle 101 for us? And as you go along, I might add questions as we go, how they operate, the sizes and shapes. I got a lot of questions for you. So how does it work? So, you know, um, you are totally right. Like uh, a Giving Circle is a group of like-minded individuals that get together together. They learn together about a cause and they pull together their resources to give not only their financial resources, but their talent, their time, their treasure or the resources and their testimony to support a cause. Uh, They're all about, you know, making change and really having impact in their communities. And, you know, giving circles come in all different sizes and shapes. It can be from, you know, you and a group of eight friends around your dinner table to giving circles with more than 100 people. Wow. Um, So, yeah, the sky is the limit on how flexible the model is. And I'm understanding based on the conversation that you and I had that there is a lack of awareness about what giving circles are and the power that they have. So it's really interesting for me to think, okay, so I am someone who gives to causes near and dear, and I have many like-minded friends, but it's never actually crossed my mind to start a giving circle. So I'm sort of curious about what's the impetus when people say, let's start a giving circle. Is there a standard kind of like, let's do this kind of origin story for giving circles? You know, I think as as everything, um, each giving circle starts with a change maker, with a leader, with someone that says, you know what, I can be given this amount of money to to this uh, organization or to this cause. But if I come together with my friends or with other people, the impact gets multiplied. Um, giving circles, you know, for me, are the perfect like first door into philanthropy for a lot of people because it's fun, ah. right? If instead of you, you know, instead of you writing a check or you, you know, making an online donation, you get together with your peers. You are having fun. You are laughing. You are learning. You are, you know, having a glass of wine or sharing a meal and you are learning about the causes and having impact together. So instead of, you giving to this organization and your friend giving to this other organization and your other friend giving to this third organization, you pull together your resources and you give a bigger donation, a bigger grant to to one organization. And you establish like a deeper relationship, not only among yourselves as, you know, members of this giving circle, but also with the nonprofit that you are supporting. Right. 
and um and it doesn't the the amount of money is not really relevant is it it could be a small amount of money or it could be 100 people with quite a lot of money right yes you know and and, and that's the thing we always said that the model is so flexible that when you know one given circle, you know one given circle. <laughs> uh, because you know, yes, you know, you can you can do a given circle where everybody's giving a dollar a day, right? So that's three hundred and sixty-five dollars a year. Or there are you know given circles when where people give a thousand dollars a year, or maybe a hundred dollars every quarter. Or you know, there are given circles. Pretty that give pretty substantial amount of money. Like for example, giving circles with more than a hundred members, each of them giving a thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Then you get to give a grant of more than a hundred thousand dollars, right? I'm, so yep. it, it varies. I'm actually reminded that um, there is um, maybe these are giving circles. I hadn't actually thought of them as such, but isn't there an entity called? I, I forget. It's it's it's, some, it's not called the thousand dollar club, but like. In New Jersey, there's a group of women that come together. Each of them put a thousand bucks in a pot and they actually give like scholarships or something. And I, I had understood that that was actually not just a New Jersey thing, but that there were other states that did similar things. Those are giving circles too. Those are giving circles too. And, you know, they are about right now, you know, the, the latest research is from 2017 and at that moment, they were about 1,600 given circles in the country. So half of them are part of networks. There are about 12 networks of given circles, and half of them are independent given circles. So the one you are talking about, there are different models yep. that use these 100 uh, people amplifiers. So there's uh, Impact 100, which That's are it. a group of women. That's it. Yeah, group of women that each of them puts thousand dollars and then there's uh the, the 100 uh who care alliance and that one is different so it's a hundred people that give a hundred dollars so the grants are about ten thousand dollars and then you know you have all the different networks so for example amplifier in new york it's a network of giving circles based uh on jewish values Right. Uh, there's the, the Latino Giving Circle Network in, in California, which is a network of 23 uh, Latinx Giving Circles. There's, you know, a Community Investment Network, which is a network of African-American and people of color Giving Circles, mostly in the South. Uh, there's APIC uh, with Asian-American Giving Circles. So, it's, you know, there are many, many different networks. Um, so let's come back to the role giving circles have in philanthropy, because clearly, clearly giving circles of uh, with particular um, when you talked about like minded, you also are talking about different communities that gather in different ways as well. So hang that hang on to that. We'll come back to it. And so um, so I was. Uh, remind me to tell you my Thanksgiving story before we end. But I, if I wanted to start a giving circle and I, you know, I, I, um, I don't know, let's call it lesbian moms at the Jersey shore. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. How would I go, how would I, (laughs) how would I go about that? And is there a playbook? And, and, uh, you know, so what would I do if I thought I listened to this podcast and I thought, Oh my goodness, I want to do this. 
Like, how would they go about it? And and I'm I'm guessing that your new organization is part of the answer to that question. Totally, totally. So, you know, there is not really a playbook. There's no strict rules about how you start the giving circle because, you know, that's the beauty of it. You can do whatever you want. However, you know, what we're trying to do is, you know, putting together a set of best practices. And for example, and I, and I can tell you a little bit about this later, um, Philanthropy Together, so our, our, our new organization, uh, has a giving circle incubator called, called Launchpad. So we give you, you know, the everything that you need during a five-week online super interactive training program. Oh, fantastic. Everything that you need to launch your given circle. That's fantastic. So um, that actually... Um that that actually leads to the question that I was going to ask, and maybe you can expand on this, is that Philanthropy Together was launched in just this year, in April. Um, what an interesting time to start a new organization. Um, so was, the gap, was that the gap that it was created to fill? What other gaps was it? You know, I always think a new organization has to fill a gap that is not being filled by, you know, in the sector. So talk to me about what gap or gaps it's filling. Totally. So, yeah, we started in the middle of, the, we launched in the middle of the pandemic and actually on April Fool's Day, you know, to, to top it <laughs> off. Yeah. So, but the gap that we are trying to fill is, you know, um, Philanthropy Together has been an idea that, you know, was in the making for almost three years. So three years ago, a group of Giving Circle Network leaders, we got together thinking, okay, there's, there's not an umbrella organization for the Giving Circle and the collective giving field. There's, it doesn't exist like, um, you know, a place to share ideas, to convene, to just talk to each other. So we're not, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel every time we're trying to do something. Um, so we got together and we started to just brainstorming. What, what could we do? What does the, the field of the, the collective giving field needs? So after that first, you know, um, little convening, we embarked in a year-long co-design project. So we were members of five networks. We created a, a core team, but we involved academics, researchers, giving circle leaders, giving circle members, funders during this whole year co-design project. Um, so, you know, we had hundreds of hours of Zoom, uh, you know, <laughs> calls before Zoom was popular and hated at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, we did interviews, working groups. We had a field-wide convening uh, full of post-its, post-it notes all over the place. And um, Philanthropy Together is basically the brainchild of more than 100 people. And is that, um, I'm just, they, just curious, because I, I suspect people would want to know, was this work funded, the, the exploration and the stakeholders and the gatherings and all of this work that you just described? Somebody, somebody must have said, we want to invest in this because we think it matters. 
Yes, actually, you know, the first the first little convening was uh, funded with a tiny little grant from the Gates Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And then after that first meeting, we came back to them and we said, we, we need something, but we don't know yet what it is. So they gave us another grant. It was a challenge grant. And we uh, we had to fundraise for the rest of the of the funding, and several funders uh, came, you know, to to our, you know, uh, answer our, our call. Yep. And now, after the co-design team, uh, the co-design project, we do have a seed grant from the bills from the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to, to uh, actually get, to, to get to get philanthropy together off the ground. Bingo. To okay. get philanthropy together off the ground. So we are a five-year national initiative to connect and catalyze the collective giving movement with the mission of diversify and democratize philanthropy. That's our North Star. So um, I, uh, what is not to love about that North Star? So success for philanthropy together clearly more than just increasing the number of giving circles um, certainly it must be around uh, driving more dollars into the nonprofit sector but you're thinking more boldly than this and you're saying democratize and diversify um, and, and and aren't you seeing philanthropy together as a bit of a, a, a catalyst organization to sort of transform philanthropy in some ways? And can you talk about what that success would look like if you've five years from now, if you've, if you've been that catalyst, what's, what's different? Totally, totally. And yes, you know, uh, start new giving circles. is just one part of, of, uh, the mix. Um, so we, we really believe that giving circles are disrupting philanthropy and are the future of philanthropy. Mm. Why? Because it's about regular people. It's about everyday givers, right? It's about changing this narrative that you need to be a billionaire and in your 60s to, to be a philanthropist. We're changing that. You know, th- Diverse communities and people all around the world have been coming together in groups to support causes and to give. Uh, It just has not been recognized as traditional philanthropy, but that doesn't mean that it's not that. So we're kind of re, you know, retaking that worth. And we were very intentional. You know, people ask, are you going to, why philanthropy together? Why did you pick the word philanthropy that, you know, first of all, it's kind of difficult to spell. It's long for a <laughs> website. Uh, and uh, yeah, and for so many people, it has this connotation that it's this very, you know. Elite. Boy club. Or, yeah, very yeah. elite boy club, right? And we did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. I'm a Latina and I, and I want everybody to, to, you know, to feel that they are philanthropists. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 70s, what color is your skin, what is your background. Uh, so we're really changing that. And what I'm saying that I think it's the future is because the demographics of the country are changing. 
and we need, and philanthropy is changing. And, you know, philanthropy looks right now like the, the, the country looked 25 years ago, and that needs to change because the money, the funding that goes to uh, nonprofits led by, you know, by people of color is ridiculous. Yes, it's it tiny. tiny. So we need people give to people that look like that. So we need to get a lot more diverse people giving. So the money is coming to our, you know, local diverse nonprofits. Um, I think that's so smart. And it sounds like given the sort of the way that the Giving Circle movement has evolved prior to the startup of this organization, that there are, that it does bring when you when we talk about like minded we're also talking about gathering people from different communities to be part of giving circles and that there is a legit opportunity to diversify the the faces and identities of those who see themselves as philanthropists. And by the way, I think you were really smart to hold the name philanthropist because we need to actually redefine philanthropy as a word that a philanthropist, so that, so that someone, everyone can look in the mirror and see themselves and say, yeah, that's me. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's so interesting. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the strategies that Philanthropy Together is going to employ to build this movement. I mean, we've done, I've done a number of podcasts about what does it mean to create a movement. And so, you know, you've been working on this and you have, I, I was blown away by your, um, your strategy and your, you had a really cool PowerPoint and like it's, it's a very, very highly thought out strategy. And I would love to have people hear what that strategy looks like, what it's, you know, sort of what strategies you're going to employ so that they can really understand it and then they can also honestly admire the fact that you have one. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you know, so we have four strategic areas, which are our four S's, showcase, scale, strengthen, and sustain. So, you know, in terms of showcase and scale are for new people that are not involved in giving circles right now. So in terms of showcase, we're expanding the awareness about giving circles. We want everybody to know what a giving circle is. Uh, we always joke that in five years, if I don't have to explain what a giving circle is, I will die a happy woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, in terms of scaling, you know, that is where uh, this comes from, strategically grow circles and, and, and membership of giving circles. So I was, you know, I, you said at the beginning that right now there are about 150,000 people that have been involved in giving circles. And in the past 20 years, they have given $1.3 billion. We yep. want in the next five years to move another billion dollars. I mean, another billion dollars into the community. Mm -hmm. We want to involve 350,000 people in giving circles. So we want to, to create and to support, you know, the creation of giving circles. And then strengthen and sustain are for the existing giving circle and collective giving field. We want to build the capacity of the field. We want to build the, the capacity and the leadership and the knowledge sharing, right? So people don't have to reinvent the wheel every time, you know, are, are, are trying to, to implement 
a change or something in their giving circles. We want to create this uh, interweaving among networks so everybody comes together to share best practices. And in terms of sustain, you know, we want to support the ongoing vibrancy of the field. We are putting together communities of practice webinars, uh, you know, thinking about joint staffing opportunities for the networks, because the majority of networks and giving circles are, are run by volunteers with no resources. So right. what can philanthropy together do to support all of them? Um, but you're yeah, not, so but, are but, but nor are you suggesting that it needs to be sort of professionalized, right? Is it part of the Part of the joy of it, as you described it in the beginning, especially involving uh, uh, hanging out and, and wine, right, is that this is a this is actually a social experience as well. So, like, you're not suggesting that philanthropy together is actually going to work to to create a structure or professionalize giving circles in such a way that this is, they all sort of work in walk in lockstep. That I, that's not what I'm hearing, right? No, not at all. Not at all. No, no, no. Because as you said, the beauty is, you know, the, the, to be casual, to be simple, to this family feeling of being part of, of a group. So not at all. We're just, you know, putting everything out there so you and your given circle can use whatever you need, whatever that fits your group. And, uh, and, you know, we have been with the uh, ears pretty open of what people need. Like, you know, some people need more support than others. Some people want more support than yep. others. So we're just there to support and not supplant because we know that a lot of the networks are doing amazing work and we're not here to just do the same things that they are doing. We're here to say, okay, what is everybody doing amazingly well? And let's put everything together for everybody to use. Love that. So we are having a conversation about giving circles, what they are and how they, uh, how um, an organization can, that has just started is driven to build a movement of giving circles. Um, our guest is Sarah Lomaline who's a connector of people and ideas, a relationship builder, and a firm believer that everyone can be a philanthropist. She's the founding executive director of Philanthropy Together, the very first organization dedicated to strengthening and scaling the collective giving movement nationally. She's on a mission to diversify and democratize philanthropy. We like that mission. Um, so um, the the um, the goals on scaling, they're ambitious. Um, I think the showcase thing I totally get, and I, I suspect that I'm part of your showcase strategy here today, and I'm happy. Totally. To, I'm I'm happy to be a part of that strategy. Um, you can you can check off a podcast box today for on that one. Um, how do you scale it? What do you think is the What do you think is going to be key to scaling it that big, as big as you've described it? Yes, you know, it's uh, a lot of different efforts. Uh, the first thing that we're doing is we put together a Giving Circle Incubator, but it's called Launchpad. And we, you know, 
due to COVID, we had to tweak a little bit the plan and the timing of things. Yep. So we were going to have our first launch pad this coming December. And we switched it and we moved it to June. So we already had our first cohort. Um, and the, and the, showca- the showcase strategy gets the word out to giving circles that you're doing this launch pad thing, right? So that's how you actually drive. That's sort of your funnel to get people to know about Launchpad and join it. So when I'm starting my lesbian moms on the Jersey Shore giving circle, like somehow or another, I'm going to learn like through this podcast that there's something called Launchpad and I can go to your website and I can learn more about that and potentially jump in, right? Totally, because we're doing it again. So the first Launchpad, we had 50 um, people joining. They launched 40 very diverse giving circles. And, you know, something that I, I, I love about that first cohort of Launchpad is that right now with COVID, the we don't have, you know, borders or barriers. Like we had people from Germany and from Mexico and from France. So, you know, we're kind of international now. So um, it was an amazing experience. We created a great virtual toolkit, an interactive toolkit. So people were taking notes. They had everything that they need to launch their giving circle. So this toolkit, you know, we're making some tweaks and we're having Launchpad again in October. So actually, we're going to start um, the application to to join Launchpad is going to start. uh, We are going to open it on September 1st and we're going to to run Launchpad again during October. And then another thing that we're doing is in December and January, we're going to have something called Launchpad Pro which is a launch pad, but for host institutions, for, you know, community foundation staff, uh, federations, um, women's funds. So all these host institutions that are, you know, toying with the idea about hosting giving circles, we want to, you know, to keep that learning curve, you know, to flatten that learning curve for them and, you know, tell them, bring the, the experiences from those community foundations that are doing it really well. Um, so, you know, they can do it in a, in a better way. So Launchpad is uh, the kinds of folks who would join Launchpad are people who may be interested in starting a giving circle. And what you're saying is that the first one actually, first of all, was international because of, because of Zoom and COVID. Um, what challenging times make possible, right? And um, yeah. uh, and that as a result of that, I mean, this, this is part of the scale strategy, right? As a part of that, you've launched some new giving circles. Um, and um, uh, I, I think that's, it's, it's really a, a, a very, very smart strategy. I, I'm, I'm taken by the familial bonding, social, not because of the wine drinking, but... Um, <laughs> There's a, there must be such an opportunity for people to learn from each other. Like, like I'm, I'm imagining a giving circle that's around a particular cause. And maybe I'm, you know, because I'm a, somebody who's run an LGBT organization and, you know, maybe it's an LGBT giving circle, right? And I could imagine that what happens in that group is that people become 
more enriched about what the issues are, not just about the organizations, but they get a deeper understanding of perhaps the root cause of, you know, of the the root the root cause of the discrimination or whatever, whatever it is. And that you walk away from these giving circles, um, uh, learning from each other. Maybe I I could imagine just sort of um, like sharing potentially links to articles that you, you actually become smart about your philanthropy and you don't have to be elite or a white person of privilege to get smart about philanthropy. And I just think just feels really, it just feels really wise. It's like, it's kind of like a, a book club where people are really reading the book and it's a book about a particular cause. And at the end, you take the pot of money in the center and you say, I want in, I want to be a part of this. I don't know. I, I, totally. I've, yeah, I've never been to a giving circle meeting. I've never had a giving circle. Of course, you're now exciting me about it, but that's, that's what it, I could imagine that that's what it could feel like. Totally. I mean, it's you, you learn a lot and you are totally correct. It's not only about each other and you create these bonds with each other, but also about the causes and the organizations working at those causes. Because, you know, it's, it's not like you will go and, and donate online or in a crowdfunding, you know, campaign. Here you get to know those executive directors, you know, leading nonprofits. You get to, to establish a trusting relationship with them. You break the power dynamics. There is no the, oh my God, I'm the donor with the money and I'm here to save you. No, you become, you know, a vehicle for that nonprofit that is doing amazing work and saying, hey, what do you need? How can we help? Like, let us be that vehicle to support your mission. Um, I think, you know, the, the, during Launchpad, we did a pop-up giving circle, which is kind of like a super quick giving circle. So uh-huh. people would get excited. And one of the participants, the moment we gave the money out, she said, my God, I'm getting this like excitement and this rush. And if if this is what I'm going to be feeling, like I'm going to start the giving circle like tomorrow. And it's, you know, I always say that it's kind of addictive. You you join a giving circle and you don't want to leave and you want to, to do it all over again because yes, you become smarter, not only about um, particular organizations, but the causes and you want to learn more and you become more engaged. So that's another thing that giving circles have and that research has seen that if you are part of a giving circle, you tend to give more to other causes, you tend to be a lot more civically engaged, you tend to volunteer more, you may become, you know, a board member of a nonprofit. I mean, it's, there's so many benefits. So it's it's really funny that you said board member, because I was thinking while you were talking, that if I were listening to this, and I was listening to the description of this giving circle, I would think to myself, "I, I want a board like that. Right, I want a board that that feels that excited about my cause, right? Uh, that 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 understands the root issues, um, that feels excited about what philanthropy can do for my organization, and so uh, I think that there's lessons if you're listening today 
in what the giving circle ignites in people that you as an executive director or a board chair have the opportunity to ignite in your own board members. And the obligation, for example, and I talk about this a lot, the obligation that you have, there's a real obligation that you have as an executive director to do that enrichment thing, to really feed your board members the way that Giving Circle members probably feed themselves. But what you're hearing in what Sarah's talking about is what an opportunity it is if you actually build this sense of cohesion which we talk a lot about with board cohesion. You build a sense of cohesion. They get to know one another. They're a collective body who cares deeply about this organization and the root causes. And they're going to deliver for you in very, very powerful ways. So I just found myself thinking about a giving circle and how there are probably people out there saying, boy, I wish my board members were as excited about organizations and causes of some of the um, giving circles that Sarah is describing. And, and I, I, I think not only do I think that's possible, I think it's, a, it's critical and you're a piece of that puzzle. Um, so I, I actually have a question. I, I said I wanted to tell a Thanksgiving story, so I'm going to tell it really quickly. Um, uh, and so it, maybe my question is how young do cir- giving circles go? Um, but I'll preface it by saying that one Thanksgiving I, um, my wife and I took a, uh, uh, an amount of money and, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And we said, okay, we have three kids. They were little at the time, right? Maybe twins are eight. That would mean plus five. Then our oldest was 13. And I called it, okay, we're doing an exercise called thanks by giving. We have a thousand dollars we're putting right here on this table and you are going to decide how to give it away right? And what I'm going to do, and of course, I'm the only geek in my neighborhood that owns my own whiteboard, right? So we're having, you know, like we're having macaroni and cheese and I got a whiteboard out, right? And I said, okay, what, what, but you have to decide together what causes and how much. And so we made one, we had one, uh, one meal we had where we came up with a list of causes. And then I did some homework on behalf of the group of couple of organizations for each cause and I described them. And then they made a decision about where they wanted to spend their money. And then over the course of the 12 months, I collected every piece of direct mail that we got and stuff like that. And I'd show it to them from time to time. And um, my son is just all about animals. And so uh, the World Wildlife got some of the money. And actually, I remember very distinctly that we got a I don't remember distinctly enough to remember what animal it was, but it was stuffed animal, a stuffed whale or something. And an eight-year-old kid, right out of the mouths of eight-year-olds, he says, I don't want our money being spent on these whales. Well, I don't need a stuffed animal whale, right? And so (laughs) they learned so much. And we ended up having a conversation about, you know, some people got thank you notes, right? Like it was all kinds of things that it stirred up. And, um, I'd like to say that we've done it every year since, but that's not true. Um, Life does have a way of getting in the way. But um, that's what you're kind of what you're talking about, isn't it? And I wondered if, do I have to be 20 to give away money? Or are there giving circles that we could do with like in schools or, you know, to like to, like to, because if you can engender excitement about philanthropy in a 10 year old, like, 
you're you're just laughing, right? We're changing the world in so many extraordinary ways. That's my Thanksgiving Yo, story. You said at the beginning that you were not part of a giving circle. What you did was it's exactly a giving circle. So you have a giving circle with your wife and kids. That's exactly, you know, the learning and everything that needs to happen. So you are totally correct. And actually, yeah, no, you don't have to be 20 to, to start giving. There are, I know uh, for a fact, there is um, there is a Latino uh, giving fund in Gilroy, California, that has a, like a leadership development program in middle schools. Yes. And they do giving circles for mid, for middle schoolers, for seventh graders during seventh and eighth grade. And they teach them about philanthropy and about giving. And the kids, you know, they have to put some of their own money, but they yep. also fundraise. Uh, so yeah, as you said, if you start, the younger you start, you know, teaching kids the importance of giving. And I love the, Thanks by giving. I, I love the name. Um, the better. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just love that. And, you know, our kids, um, the, my wife and I are both Jewish and our kids are raised Jewish. And part of Hebrew school is you had to bring oh, tzedakah to school every Sunday. Yes. And oftentimes what would happen is that there would be paper bags at the front of your classroom and there would be three or four different organizations and you had to decide where to put your tzedakah and you, they would talk about those organizations. So, you know, it, it's easy to incorporate and it actually, um, the sooner we get people started thinking about how good it is, how good it makes you feel to be part of a cause and that one of the ways to do that is to, um, to make a to, to be a philanthropist at whatever level you can be. So um, so we're just about out of time, Sarah. And I want to I wanna make sure, before I ask my last question, I just want to make sure that you've covered all the bases you want to cover about um, philanthropy together. I, I'm hoping that you'd actually um, tell people where they can learn more. <laughs> of course. So, um, yeah, you know, we have a website, which is www philanthropytogether.org. Uh, but also we're about to publish a microsite in a couple of weeks uh, that uh, the actual URL would be whatisagivencircle.org and nice. whatisagivencircle.com uh-huh. uh, that we're very excited about because it's really simple. It's for people that they don't know anything about giving circles and it covers the basics. And, uh, and and anybody can use it. So, you know, if the, you have a nonprofit or you have a community foundation and you want to use that resource, that website to, you know, send it to everybody in your, in your network, like, please go ahead. That is not, you know, philanthropy together branded or anything. It's for, it's for everybody because at some point we were Googling, you know, what it's a giving circle and what we found was not pretty. So we decided to just do something that it's uh, easy to understand and, uh, and, you know, visually uh, attractive. Excellent. And if I, um, if I have a listener out there who's really interested in your October launch pad, what would they do? Go to our website and there is a tab uh, that says launch pad and it has like a little tiny form. So you can just send your name and your email and, you know, we'll contact you. All right. So I'm going to leave you with one last question. Um, 
just to sort of tie it up in a bow as we close out this really, really interesting conversation that got me really excited about the potential to engage so many more people in philanthropy. In a recent interview, you said, giving circles are not about charity, they're about change. And I wonder if you might want to talk about what that means for you as a way to close out our conversation. Of course. Oh, something that I forgot how to found us too. To yeah. find us too. We have, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. So just follow us there. You know, we're uh, slowly building our, our followers. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about giving circles are not about charity. They're about change. Because of the learning, you know, I, for me, giving circles have an opportunity to really become a movement to, I mean, they are a movement and to really disrupt philanthropy. Why? Because the proximity that Giving Circle members have with their nonprofit uh, partners is so close that, as I said, you break the power dynamics, you go full circle. We have Giving Circle members that have been grantee recipients. And then after the experience, they become Giving Circle members. They want to be part of this. So it's, you know, we're all in this boat together. We're all making this change. So again, breaking that, you know, thing about I'm the donor, you're the the pobrecito. No, <laughs> it's, you know, we're in this together. Yeah. Um, the, um, I did a podcast uh, not long ago with Vule. Um, and he love him. Uh, he's a pretty lovable fellow, and sm- smart as hell too. I might add. And um, Vu is really—he's got a movement going that that intersects with yours in a very big way, which is we need to move away from donor-centric fundraising to community-centric fundraising, and yeah. that's what this is. This is a ver- this is a part and parcel of that kind of movement he's talking about. And, um, and I'll include a link down below of the, to the podcast we did with Vu and his partner, Michelle on the community centric fundraising initiative they have launched this year. But, you know, there's just, I, I, I just wanted to end by just saying that, um, it's a, it's an interesting thing, and I know that not all innovation has happened in this strange in these strange times. But um, it's just the right moment for this movement, isn't it, Sarah? I mean, like in a world where, first of all, where where you can virtually gather, and therefore there are no geography, no geographic bounds, where people are really desperate for meaning and purpose in a world that somehow feels sometimes a little meaningless. Um, And a movement about the, you know, the world we live in where there's all kinds of voices raised about who has power and who does not. Um, You seem to have the movement for the moment. And um, I just wanted to say that, um, uh, I I guess I just wanted to say thank you for, grabbing on to the right thing at the right time. And um, it has been a pleasure and a privilege to showcase, that's one of your S's, to showcase this work. And I hope 
um, that someone and more than a few people that are listening will find their way over to your website at philanthropytogether.org. Take a look at Launchpad. Um, introduce their friends and um, other donors to what is a givingcircle.org when that launches and, um, and uh, join Sarah Lomelin's movement and join the movement of uh, these hundreds of thousands of people that are, um, that are giving in a collective fashion that is enriching them, enriching their organizations and enriching our society. So Sarah Lomelin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, John. This has, has been a total pleasure for me. Thank uh, you. Likewise. Um, and thank you all for joining me and Sarah. And um, until next time, please uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, try to stay uh, sane <laughs> and uh, stay strong. Um, the world needs you as superheroes out there, and uh, we are always there to support you. So take good care. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you found the conversation to be valuable. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you're feeling especially generous, leave us a review. Turns out that reviews really matter. They help people discover the podcast. Hmm. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really struck you as an aha moment, we'd love to know. Shoot us an email at podcast at joangary.com. And if you'd like to learn more about nonprofit leadership, head on over to my website at joangary.com. That's J-O-A-N-G-A-R-R-Y.com. It's full of advice and resources that you can put into action right away. And make sure to enter your email address so I can send you a surprise I think you'll find helpful. And if I haven't said it lately, thank you. Thank you so much for the important work you do every day to make this world a better place. I'll see you next time.